first of all, uh, people with strong resilience are able to accept difficult situations, what we mentioned, and to keep going to their goals. They can accept challenge and retrain their brain, meaning that it's a learnable skill. The Startup Student Podcast, the podcast for students who want to be their own boss, where students and experts from across the world and I, Christine, give you practical advice. We are looking into tips all around starting and marketing your own business, as well as productivity to better balance your student and business life. Turn your idea into reality. I'm your host, Christine. Let's start this episode. Hello, welcome to this week's podcast. You're listening to the Startup Student Podcast and I'm Christine, I'm your host and I'm back with Anna because this is the third episode about how you can apply your social skills at work. Welcome back, Anna. Oh, thank you, Christine. Uh, thank you so much for having me again. And hello, everybody who is listening to us. <laughs> Today we are talking about resilience. Make sure you go back um, to the other two episodes where we're talking mm -hmm. about emotional intelligence. Now, like I just mentioned, we talk about resilience. So should we kick off, Anna, maybe by talking about what is resilience actually? Christine, uh, we did mention resilience, but um, uh, let's explore a little bit more about this topic because, yes, definitely, it's been a buzzword. Uh, in the last couple of years, for sure. Um, to make it simple by definition, it's the ability to recover from some difficult event, experience, or setbacks. So basically, it means to adapt. And this is how um, many people see it. However, uh, it's not simply being able to adapt, adapt and to get back to your life after an adversity to as it was before uh, things happened. However, it's also about moving forward and sometimes even experiencing growth as this is possible as well and what we consider to be resilience. So it's not just about bouncing back from a negative event, it's moving forward, being stronger. And today we will talk about individual resilience more and about our approach in HR and well-being to it in our training and coaching. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And this already leads me into the next. How, how, do, we, how do we actually build resilience? How, how do we learn resilience? Or can we learn resilience? Or is it purely through experiences? Or is it through other methods? So the first question may be, can we learn resilience? And if so, Yes, how can we build it? Uh, yes, it's actually a very good question and something that I get asked uh, quite often as well. Uh, first of all, uh, people with strong resilience are able to accept difficult situations, what we mentioned, and to keep going to their goals. They can accept challenge and retrain their brain, meaning that it's a learnable skill. Again, so it is a complex skill set. It's not kind, kind of one skill. It's a combination of genetics, personal history, environment, and situations. And again, Christine, we are discussing a learnable skill, just like emotional intelligence, when mm -hmm. we talked about in the previous episode. Yeah, so we can also learn and build our resilience muscle if we choose to do so. Uh, the, the great thing about it is that it can be trained and um, we need to have a ready backup plan and be emotionally adaptive 
to all different situations in life. That's why it's very closely related to emotional intelligence. And I think that we can't tr truly understand resilience without understanding emotional intelligence. Because what we know based on scientific research over the past 40 years, resilience has gone through several stages. Initially, um, the focus was on, in, on an individual. And then um, later on, psychologists began to recognize that much of what seems to promote resilience actually comes from outside of us. Uh, that's why modern resilience studies are developed by psychologists and psychiatrists, of course, who have picked this concept and then gradually extended it um, to the main of mental health, uh, to the mental health in general. Now, what's interesting is that um, very early work on resilience was con concerned only about an individual, as I mentioned, but more recently, um, researchers are more interested in resilience as something, as a matter of whole community. So that's why today we have concepts of organizational resilience as well. I see. Well, thank you. Um, good news is that uh, we can learn it, like you say, <laughs> and we can train yeah, sure. the muscle, the resilience muscle. Um, should we go a bit more into individual res uh, resilience versus resilience at work? Um, and how do they belong to each other? Because I guess they don't exclude uh, each other. Um, because uh, if you're personal and individually resilient, um, you also bring this skill to, to work. But uh, can you talk a bit more about, um, about that organizational and individual resilience, let's say? Uh, right. Uh, as you mentioned, um, one doesn't exclude another. And uh, I think it's important to understand that individual resilience is a very personal thing. And it's influenced by so many different factors, uh, ranging from our previous life experiences, our character traits, our life aspirations, and so on. However, in a workplace environment, uh, what we've seen is that a team member is uh, far more likely to exhibit resilience if the workplace setting, as it is, is the one that encourages resilience and that encourages everybody to thrive, uh, irrespective of what's strong at them. Um, in other words, you need to create an environment at work where people can show you resilience and can show you these skills. And I'll give you an example. Yes, uh, I just wanted to ask. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, well, if, if uh, you don't allow space for mistakes and for growth, to happen at work. You cannot really count on resilience and on your team member um, expressing that. So thinking that, that people just need to toughen up, you know, and be stronger because we need them to be resilient and to be able to adapt and accept any change is not really what promotes or builds resilience. So yes, naturally much of this comes down to organizational culture and the strength of the team, dynamic and um, adaptability to change. And um, as we've seen lately, since workplace cultures have become uh, more visible, more important, 
um, leaders around the globe are actually shifting their focus towards resilience and employee well-being practices to, to include them in their practices and to generate engagement on this principle, which I think is a great thing that we've been witnessing lately. And um, can you give some uh, maybe other tips for managers how to, to build a resilient environment, basically, you mentioned already allowing for um, growth to happen, allowing to admit if things went wrong and to, to give feedback and receive feedback and value actually the feedback, I guess. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, well, if you're a manager uh, or a leader and you're listening to us and you're wondering on this, uh, building a resilient team is, as you said, an important part to create a healthy and productive workplace. Um, resilient teams are based on a couple of things uh, in terms of mutual trust, um, the social norms, uh, participation, social networks, and so on. And these tips are more resilient and more likely to be productive. And um, two major obstacles that I've seen uh, with working um, with companies in the last couple of years when it comes to um, building resilience is that um, there are two things that, that I would mention here. First, um, um, number one, communication, and the second one, behavior-related problems. Now, if you can improve your communication processes, it can immensely positively impact all of your other processes that you're working on. And also about behavior-related problems, understanding that, first of all, we are all emotional intelligent to a certain level. And yes, we can learn to deal with setbacks that come with our jobs and things and projects don't happen the way we planned that we don't go into frustration or behaving in unwanted ways because we can learn how to manage our reactions to have better relationships at work with colleagues and, um, and with customers and client, clients. So uh, let's not forget that according to statistics from HR professionals, around 70% of all problems that they're facing are uh, people-related issues. So we can learn what we can and what we cannot control and make better decisions so that we know what situations can be avoided that undermine our resilience, I guess. It's not an easy task, uh, neither for the one who wants to build resilience as an individual, nor for, um, for managers, uh, because uh, we're all humans, we have emotions. <laughs> Um, however, how we deal with these emotions and how we can really uh, train this muscle, this is uh, the secret, but it's, I guess, a lifelong learning as well and lifelong training. It's um, not something you do once, uh, I assume, and then you know how it works. It's something that you work on all the time, you recognize and, and uh, as a manager or as a, an individual. And also as a manager, of course, you can and should work on your resilience. Um, yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a complex skill set that you mm -hmm. mentioned. Like you said, yeah, it's, it's a, a lot of components in there. Um, right. So uh, we, I guess maybe we already said it, but any other things you would say, why is this really 
an important skill for, for leaders nowadays. I mean, with everything that's going on in the world these days, but in general, I think there's so many changes, external changes that can lead to stress uh, within the company for individuals and the manager. Um, but why do you think um, this should be really a priority for leaders to train the uh, resilient muscle? Uh, yes, well, there are a couple of things that um, I would mention here. Uh, one of them is that it um, impacts our relationships at work and with people that you're dealing with. As we said, it's closely related to emotional intelligence. So um, um, our emotions being so powerful um, can um, have huge impact, especially negative emotions, right? on the relationships we have and the relationship with people that we're working with. And um, also um, uh, resilience is uh, very important for, for leaders in terms of uh, having the commitment because resilience means um, facing uh, challenges and setbacks, but going to, towards your goals, moving towards what's important. Um, because resilient individuals are committed to their work and to their goals, and they view difficulty as a challenge to be resolved, and they see that discomfort and failure is not something to be avoided, but something that they can learn from. And personally, I can <laughs> say that I learned most where I failed first. Yeah, that is uh, actually true, I think, if you think about it, uh, because a lot of times if something, if you succeed in something, you don't review it, you don't see, okay, how, how did I succeed? Why have I succeeded? And how can I uh, take this learning into other situations in my life? Um, but if we fail, or if something didn't go well, or different or wrong, then we look into, oh, why did this happen? So I always say it's really, really important to learn from your successes and failures, but um, the human nature uh, looks at it uh, only usually from what went wrong and how can we learn from it. Um, so thank you for making that point. With regard to so um, for adding this, Christine. Yes. <laughs> and it's quite a valuable thing about building awareness in the yeah. leaders because they, they do build awareness of their competencies and their shortcomings and they adopt the growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, with regards, uh, because we also mentioned these a, a few times, uh, I mean, uh, it should be obvious uh, that if you train your resilience muscle, <laughs> it will have a positive effect on your well-being. Um, can you talk a bit more about that, um, how that is related? Yes, absolutely. Well, okay, if, if uh, we know that certain ways of thinking lead to stress, then learning um, how to cultivate other patterns that lead to quality and meaningful experiences, um, such as mental habits, uh, keeping our emotions and feelings in check, and those moment-to-moment -moment awareness is what uh, builds resilience and increases our sense of well-being. And by well-being, I mean physical and mental well-being. And you think um, you've been through a well-being program yourself and you've shared how it impacted mm. your life. And it, um, and it quite resonated with me because um, the sense of 
well-being when we talk about physical and mental well-being is again it's not one that excludes another so if you now understand how resilience plays a role into it then it, it makes more sense yeah yeah it is true i mean um and i i i think everyone has stress in general no i mean we all experience stress if that's in our private life or in in the business world in the startup world wherever there's always um stress that we have to deal with either self-created sometimes <laughs> sometimes externally where you can't do anything about it and sometimes um things that you can do uh, things about but how you face this stress um uh, is closely interwoven with uh, obviously how resilient you are as well as you as you mentioned yourself mm. What else can we say or what else did you want to say about um, resilience? <laughs> well, I would just like to um, say uh, for the end that uh, resilience, um, even though it's a new concept nowadays and what you mentioned at the beginning, uh, changed its forms and the focus of resilience uh, uh, from the scientific point of view. Um, I want to add that many ancient philosophers were actually trying to understand their life experience and later on psychologists tried to do that as well. And they knew that um, life uh, involves adversities. They are part of our life. And we can't wish only to experience joy and happiness, but we can learn to live with it and raise our resilience that's what's up to ourselves thank you so much for your time today and we have one more episode coming up next week everyone so make sure you do listen in um, we're gonna look a bit more about um, hr and well-being programs how they're working um, approaches uh, we look we're going to talk about coaching assessments and all everything else um, that we already started talking about but um, bring it all to conclusion all in the last episode so thank you so much Anna for your time today and speak to you in the next episode it was my pleasure uh, once again Christine and thank you everybody that was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.